Hello, this is Marcella Ciccatelli, and I am reviewing Disrupting the Subject, Julian of Norwich, and Embodied Knowing by Petra Hendry of Louisiana State University. This article starts really basically um, explaining what a mystic is and mysticism in itself. And so I'm just going to highlight a few of those things. Um, A mystic is someone who has direct access to God. And in the 12th through the 15th centuries, there were a lot of female mystics. But by the 15th century, female mystics were burned at the stake as heretics. In the Middle Ages, women mystics were taken very seriously, however. They were legitimated by direct access to God and because God spoke to them in divine ways. Mysticism is not a product of rational thought, but uh, profound, unexplainable ways that God shares his knowledge through mind, body, and soul, or through reason, physical, or spiritual ways. Women mystics were not merely content to claim their experience. They were challenged and deeply entrenched in church doctrines that contested normative gender roles. Women had struggled and have struggled to authorize themselves as knowers. The next section here is called Historical Contextualization of Julian's Life. And it has um, some basics on what religious life was like in the Middle Ages. For women, few options existed at the time. Most expected women to get married and raise children. The alternative to marriage was to exist with the with the church, but of course the church has had a deeply patriarchal um, bent to it. Women were considered inferior. They could not preach, teach, or administer the sacraments. So there were obviously women that were called to teach and write, but they had to find a way to legitimate, legitimate this forbidden act. The author goes on to say that it is in this context that mystical visions provided a source of authority for women. Mystical visions were a way to challenge boundaries of gender norms and expectations. So Julian was a part of this growing resurgence of women choosing to take up religious life in the late Middle Ages. There, um, she talks about different categories that religious women could be, and they could, in community, they could be a nun in a monastery, they could be a hospital sister, or an informal member of someone who took vows within a religious community. But within the solitary aspect of religious life, there were anchoresses and vowesses. The author states how amazing it is that Julian wrote at all because it could be considered very 
heretical. And she says this may explain why her manuscript was not in circulation during her lifetime. Her manuscript appears in 1670. It's possible that she was aware of the risk that she was taking. The next section of the article is about Julian's experience. Experience of the body as a site for claiming women's experience and a site for knowing. When Julian was young, she prayed for three things, to understand the passion of Christ, for physical death or physical illness, near death, and for three wounds, the wounds of true contrition, loving compassion, and longing of the will of God. In her 31st year, she became violently ill and had 16 visions. These teachings of the Lord conveyed in body, intellect, and in spiritual means. Visions are not just for her, but for all Christians, and she knew this. The visions were for teaching others, so she wrote them down. First as a short text, then in a longer text. The next section, um, the author focuses on her self-representations through and in the body as a site of knowing. Julian's life-changing experience, her knowing, began as an illness, a disturbance within the body. Julian asks for bodily knowledge of Christ's suffering through her very own body. And Julian's knowings evolved from the body in pain and through the body to the cross, to the ecstatic risen body. So her wounded body is conflated with Christ's, and this union becomes the center of her audio biographical reflections. Julian basically claims the body as a site of knowing. The author repeats this several times throughout the article. Julian claims the body as a site of knowing. The discipline of the body as seen synonymous with and essential to the discipline of the mind and full devotion to Christ. Both men and women manipulated their bodies to get greater union with Christ's passion. The body especially legitimated women as knowers of divine will. The author goes on to say that Julian unsexes the maleness of God with the feminine and masculine Christology through which men and women could be liberated and redeemed. For Julian... Her bodily illness, which results in her revelations and union with Christ, become a site of transformation in which gender is reconceived. The body signifies as female. For women mystics, knowledge was generated from and with the body. The next section, um, I had a little bit of trouble understanding, but I'll try to go through it. 
Um, it was on the blood. And it says, For women mystics, the blood and wounding of Christ and the menstrual blood and the blood of childbirth is associated with women's sexuality and linked with Jesus's blood and their blood, and it signified their union. So as a consequence, both male and female experiences are validated. In another way, it's explained, the body is textualized, not as either male or female, but as both male and female. In this way, mystical self-representation resists the duality and finality of gender. Julian suggests an integrated theory of the body, soul, and mind. Julian reconceives the female body from the sight of evil and temptation to one which she has absolute conviction that the body is the sight of goodness and the love of God. I really liked that statement. Julian claims her bodily experience as a site of knowing and simultaneously suggests we can never know. So she talks about a site of knowing and the fact that we can never know all in one. The author talks about the Julian's narrative and how it pushes us to continually ask what makes it possible for us to think of the body as natural. Julian claims that the female body as one sight is one is as one sight for knowing, but in becoming one with that body, we can embody love. As the author concludes, she has a few statements that I thought were interesting. Um, just again, reiterating the fact that Julian's spiritual experiences began as a disturbance in the body. And in Julian's self-representation of the relationship between Christ's body and her own, there is both male and female. So Julian's text insists on the interchangeability of male and female, resisting the duality of gender. And this was already said, but said again, that Julian unsexes God and Jesus by revising the logic of gender. As a reminder, the body is a site for knowing. Julian's story provides a unique picture into one woman's ongoing negotiation of gender. She was a woman compelled to push the male-defined ecclesiastical boundaries while being subservient to them. So there were some things that I really liked about this article and some things that I didn't fully understand, um, but I tried to understand it as well as I could. Um, overall, I would, I would recommend reading it. Um, I don't know if I would, uh, study it in huge depth or take as many notes and spend as much time on it as I did because I'm talking about it in this podcast. 
Um, but um, I think a general reading of it is interesting. And um, it's interesting, I think, to give us some context of how um, crazy it was that Julian was writing at the time and how, um, how much trouble that could have gotten her into. And then the sight of the body as knowing is really interesting. I think it's just a little bit hard for me to comprehend the connection between the visions and the pain or knowing that she felt in her body since I haven't ever experienced anything quite like that. So um, I think those are the parts that I didn't understand as well just because it's not an experience that I've had. But um, what is written does make sense um, as far as um, not having to do with gender necessarily that um, or having to do with both genders rather than just one since it has to do with Jesus and her own body which is feminine that line Julian unsexes the maleness of God with the feminine and masculine Christology through which women and men could be liberated and redeemed I found really that line really interesting to think about um, rather than just from the feminine standpoint, but um, men and women alike. So um, that's what I have for today on this disrupting the subject, Julian of Norwich and the embodied knowing. Thanks for listening.